Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast with your host, Charles. Enjoy. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 65 of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, it's your host, Charles, and today we've got a great one for you. So this is a repeat, or not a repeat, but uh, I'm having cold-blooded chiller on for a second time. Uh, The first time was to talk about his trading strategy, and now in this episode, we're going to be discussing the top five mistakes that new traders make and how they can improve those mistakes uh, so that they don't continue to make them. But before we get into it, uh, just two quick things. Uh, First, as always, I like to ask you guys to subscribe. Uh, you don't want to miss any of these episodes. I'm going to be doing five a week. We're going to be hitting you hard. And if you're not subscribed, you're going to miss these episodes. And we really don't want that to happen. And then secondly, uh, the podcast has picked up a new sponsor. I'm very excited about this one. The, that sponsor is Roundly X. Uh, I'd really been looking for a sponsor that I can kind of get behind. Uh, something that I can use. And Roundly X is just that. So Roundly X helps you invest your spare change into Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies by rounding up each of your purchases. Uh, it's kind of like the acorns of crypto. If you don't know what that is, I'll walk you through it right now. So what you do is you create an account and you hook up your credit or debit card. Uh, and then when you go make a purchase at the store, say it's $1.45, right? It'll round that up to $2. You'll invest 55 cents. And that 55 cents will be invested into Bitcoin. Uh, It's super simple to get set up. It took me maybe five minutes to do it. And uh, it's just another great way to stack sats. I know a lot of people hate that term, but it really is the easiest way. I've been preaching this really hard lately. If you don't know what you're doing, you don't know how to trade, and you want to become more of that long-term investor, what you want to do is dollar cost average. And these guys help you do it. Uh, There's going to be a link in the description below. I highly encourage you to check out the website, sign up for their service, get your cards linked so that you can start stacking Bitcoin. Things are starting to turn around and you want to acquire as much Bitcoin as possible right now. Uh, I've been doing it and I think you guys should do the same. Now let's get into the episode. We've had you on before, man, and it was a wonderful episode. I think a lot of people got a lot of value out of it. Um, And I normally ask, you know, what's your background? Who are you? We discussed that on the previous episode. For anyone who's listening and just tuning in now, I highly suggest going and checking out the previous episode. Uh, It'll be a good background to this episode. Uh, So can you just tell us how you've been since, what you've been up to? Uh, Because I know you had a group that you you were starting to put together. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, of course. Um, first of all, thank you. Thank you for uh, for having me back. First of all, I know I'm that I, I thank you for coming I talked, on. I talked the backside off you the first time, so I'm okay with it. Um, I yeah, I've promised. I've promised myself to keep it more more to the point this time, but I'm already starting to uh, to to override that. So, um, uh, how have things been going? Well, they've been good. Uh, the groups the group is five five months five months old. Um, so things have been really good. Uh, the group is. The group is primarily set up as an educational tool. So it is for any traders who are struggling or feel as though they would rather some sort of more specialized, almost one-to-one education around trading, um, covering a whole bunch of things from like mindset to 
uh, trading rules, uh, approaches, uh, improving TA. So things have been really good. And I think that from my perspective, one of the one of the best things that I've seen over the past over the past five months is I've been very keen on like I want people to leave in the best possible way. Right. I I like I love these guys, but I want them to leave um, because the aim is they come in, they learn and then they feel more confident to be out there on their own without any guidance or supervision um, and potentially the occasional check in. So over the last five months, it's been like really great to see some of those guys actually just take steps forward and just be trading independently now. So actually having a sort of a working system that they can follow and run through and they are just out there trading by themselves without some of these these mistakes or um, improvements that we're going to discuss a little bit later on. Yeah, man. Okay, so the the setup, I love the setup. Uh, you know, with most people who have these quote unquote paid groups, they're yeah, trying you can to call it that. Man. It's fine. Don't yeah. Worry. Okay. Perfect. So these paid groups, right? They have people in there, and they're just stringing them along, trying to take them for you know all the money that they're worth. You're over here. You're saying, you know, we don't want you in this group for long. We want you to improve. We want you to learn. And then we want you to get out and then check back in if you have more things that you need to improve on, which is a beautiful way to do a paid group. And I think why, you know, people who don't see success, you know, with their paid groups, it's it's the complete opposite of that. And which is why I think the community has been very receptive to what you're doing. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's a really fair point. And like one of the things that one of the things that I set up as well is like we've got a sounds corny to say, but we've got like a graduates group. Right. So if you if you choose to leave the paid group, then you simply get moved over to the free graduates group. So you can continue discussing with members that are former members um, and then obviously the new members that will keep joining each time. So there's like a continued I kind of pass the learning over to the graduate group to say, you guys have the information. Now you can discuss amongst yourselves. So we kind of got like two communities running. So once you're ready, you can just join the other graduates and you've got a bunch of like-minded people to chat to as well. So you've created this kind of group of traders that can feed off of each other, which is another great yeah. idea. Dude, you, you are doing the paid group, right? Uh, so many other people are like, oh, I'll throw out signals and you can pay me, you know, like I said before. Yeah, yeah. you're trying to help the community. And I am a big proponent of that because I have traders and entrepreneurs on this show. I try to teach the community uh, with my guests and have them kind of help the community and grow, grow and improve. Uh, so I, I very much support this group. Uh, for anyone who didn't take my advice and listen to the last episode, um, you know, this trading group is something that uh, CBS Coldblood Schiller's got a background in education. Uh, he is doing this group so right. If you're struggling as a trader or you need improvements, after this episode's done, check it out, hit him up. Uh, but what I really wanted to discuss in this episode, because you're talking about people are coming to you trying to improve, right? So there's got to be a lot of mistakes or areas of improvement that kind of overlap with the people joining this group. So can you talk to us about maybe the top three or the top five ways in which like the areas where you see people need the most improvement or where they're making the most mistakes? Yeah, of course. So the, the, there's some real common ones. There's some, there's some really common sort of threads that come through every time. And uh, I'll start with, I'll start with the first major one. Um, I have got five. 
Um, okay. And I, I, I'm going to refer to, I'm going to refer to my notes, as you know, Charles, that I've uh, that I've carefully crafted. <laughs> um, but uh, the the first major one is is basically copy trading, um, and I wrote a medium post on this about 12 months ago, and it's basically the role that social media plays in distracting and changing and influencing your mindset about trades so essentially when we sit and we look at twitter or we sit in discord groups typically the amount of information that we're constantly being fed subconsciously starts to do things like changes your bias i mean it can consciously do it as well we can actively swap from uh wanting to take a long position to immediately wanting to take a t short position based on what we've seen the the discussion being in discord or twitter of course so a lot of the social media aspects directly impact a lot of the traders that i see so they find it very difficult to filter out the information that they see and if for example they are setting up on their own and they see there may be an opportunity to long an asset but they see one of their sort of I'm, I'm doing air quotes when i say this one of their trusted trusted sources on twitter yeah. who says that they're looking to short that can immediately mess with their mindset so the the role that social media plays in shaping very early traders um and in, and even more experienced traders you know i would still say that i have to actively manage my mindset when it comes to seeing people that i know you know, like like guys that you've had on the podcast recently, right? Like Sting, um, like Trader Trader XO is another really good example. Like when I see these guys wanting to take an opposite position to me, it's tough. That forces me to check my bias. Yeah, yeah right. It forces me to check. Um, so for newer traders that that kind of hang on the decisions of others, it's kind of the first thing that you have to do. And I. I think I referred to this exact instance on the last podcast. We did, with you, we did is, talk about this. Yeah, which is which is Wickoff, right? And it's him saying, um, you know, in the early 1900s, basically, when there were the only distraction was the paper and people shouting out orders, right? Is like you have to just completely take yourself away to chart and yeah. to analyze price and decide what you want to do. Okay, and and I still have that as like the number one thing you can do is turn off Twitter, shut down Discord and chart and go. make your decisions so here here's my thing because that that's definitely how you start it you know you don't let anyone else kind of get into your head you make your trade first how do you then you know get back on twitter and you know hold strong stay in your position because say i take a long i get on twitter and you or some of the PDF guys or, you know, some of the traders that I kind of look up to on Twitter are saying we're all shorting. Like how, how do I, after the fact, kind of stick with my trade? So a certain type of mindset. And I think that you need to be in the space of making a conscious decision that you want to improve as a trader. And what goes with that is the fact that if you follow somebody else or have your mindset changed by somebody else, it basically gives you an easy point of blame, right? So I can just turn around and say, okay, well, actually, I saw Charles longed and I was short and I changed. And so Charles was wrong. And that's why I got stopped out. 
So like it gives you an easy point of blame. So I think that you have to have the right mindset to want to improve. And therefore, it all comes down to you as the individual and nobody else. So if if you were to take a position that's different from some of the trusted traders that you have, then that's absolutely fine. And then you come back and you assess that afterwards and you assess their point of view, compare it to yours and determine where you may have missed out on certain information they had and you didn't. There we go. So so it's less of kind of just, you know, copying them to copy them and then shifting that blame to them when it doesn't work out. It's actually yep. getting into your own mindset and why you made the trade versus why they made the trade. And if you can then find a reason why you were incorrect, you have more of yep. a reason to flip-flop and go short yep. when you were going long. And of course, in the positive sense as well, like you could be right. Yeah. So like in the positive sense, like you could be absolutely correct in your own analysis and nothing feels better than when you follow your own analysis and you get paid for it. 100%. Uh, so that that's a huge one. That's that's kind of number one. Uh, what yep. else? What else are we seeing in this group or what else are you seeing in this group? So I think the the second thing that I've got down here and I've kind of ranked these in terms of in terms of like important so the so the first three points are kind of general and then the two are slightly more advanced and so the second point for me in here is have a plan and stick to it so this is uh, i've got brackets in my notes which say with a small caveat um but largely it's plan and stick to it so what we tend to see is a large majority of people who are actively trading they have the correct approach when it comes to trading they can they can chart in a way that would be profitable the issue comes down to mindset so they will set out a long position they will take the long position and something will happen psychologically that will change their plan and that's one of the things that we really, really focus on. You have to try and improve is when you have a plan, when you have a trade, you stick to it until the point of invalidation. So if you have a stop in place for a long, unless the market is giving you very, very different signals to when you took that position, then that is the trade that you follow through. That is the plan that you stick to. And there are countless 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 people who basically go through this same cycle right so they take a long position out on an asset they set their stop loss they spent the last you know three days waiting for price to come to that level and then what happens is price moves away from their long everything looks good they move into profit slowly price turns around and it comes back towards their entry and immediately they start to panic about that position. And typically what we see, right, is we see traders close out at that position. So you'll close break even or you'll close at a slight loss. And then price will instantly reverse and go back towards your target. And it's this, this concept of once you have a plan, right, it's like set and forget. Set the trade, forget about it, and let it play out. Um, there are so many opportunities and so many times when people deviate away from the plan and it's based on a whole range of things, psychology, social media, um, diving down to lower timeframes. Um, so when you have a plan, stick to it. I, I've actually had, you know, a number of traders on to talk about kind of the psychology of trading and getting into your own mindset and kind of becoming a trader. Uh, it's 
as much as it is about, you know, being on the charts and having that information and knowing how to trade as it is getting in your own head and sticking to this plan. Uh, and I think everybody who has ever traded in their life has gone through that exact same scenario where they've yeah. moved stops to profit, maybe a little bit in profit, break even, a little below profit, but they don't stick to their original plan. Uh, and I think that does feed back into that kind of first part where social media and others are kind of affecting you and your trades. Uh, and then also just the fact that you don't want to lose money. Um, yep. So yeah, yeah. And that's, that's a really big one. Like just covering what you just covered there, right? Not wanting to lose money, like the scare factor of yeah. that. Um, and especially once you see green, right? Once you've seen green P&L, then suddenly it changes your mindset again. Oh, so right. once you see yeah. once you see you're in profit, then once you start to get back towards break even, you you tend to see like a lot of people will just close out at minimal profit because that feels better to them than sticking to the plan. So um, working on that psychology around keeping in a trade, right? Unrealized P and L is always unreal unrealized. Um, so yeah, you you just gotta you've just gotta stick with that. Yeah, you know, you, you entered the trade for a reason. You, there shouldn't be any kind of reason other than like some crazy invalidation where you're yep. changing that trade. You know, if you get stopped out, so be it. You made the trade for a reason. Take it as a learning lesson. Try to improve from there. But don't move your stops just because you've seen a little bit of green, like you were saying, and you don't yep. want that to go away. I know we've been through a very long bear market. Things have been kind of up and down. We've seen this kind of, you know, downtrend for the last couple months and people are kind of antsy. They want to see a little bit of profit, uh, yeah. but that that's not trading anymore. You know, that's kind of gambling and, you know, yeah. changing your bias. You're not going to be profitable long-term if you're doing this. Uh, so that's number two. Uh, moving on, what do you got for number three? Because these two have been wonderful so far. So <laughs> these, I'm looking forward to these next three. Well, I, I, I don't think I could get away. I don't think I could get away any long mention of FOMO. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring in FOMO uh, at point three. Um, so again, hand in hand, I guess, with point one about social media, but also can be entirely independent from that. So one of the major points for improvement is managing mindset around these FOMO events. So typically, there are kind of like there's kind of three areas that FOMO happens. Right. The, the first area of FOMO is when we see a large move in either direction. So we see this impulsive move up or down. And the first thought tends to be, I want to join this. Oh, that's right? me. I want to I market into this. <laughs> Do you say that to you? <laughs> yeah, that I mean, it's definitely something I've been working on, but that was yeah. any kind of, you know, five, 10 percent move up or down immediately. Yep. I was like, I got to get into this trade. Like I have yeah. to capitalize on this movement. Uh, and I think it was actually maybe your episode or maybe Loma's episode where you guys were talking about you need to just take a step back, let it play out for you know yeah. a day and then see what's yeah. happening. Sorry to interrupt you there, but that is no, 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 that no, was no. so me, man. Yeah, no, no, you're good. Um, so yeah, so like we tend to see it in those impulsive moves up or down, right? Which is exactly what you're speaking about there. You want a piece of that action. You want to move in immediately on that position. Um the other time that we tend to see it is we tend to see it when we have a strong uptrend or a strong downtrend. So typically when you've had your eye on something for a while, 
and it keeps on going up or it keeps on going down, you then begin to get this FOMO about, <laughs> I just want to get in now, right? Like I just need to get a piece of this now because uh, I'm not getting an entry. It's not pulling back. It's never going to pull back. It's going to do a hundred X before I even get a chance to get in on this. Right. And like, so we tend to see it impulsive and also in strong trends. And then the last time that we see it is we also see it in sideways ranges. So we see it with BTC when BTC goes sideways and we see it because you start to get it into your head that something, there is a large move coming, right? There is an impulsive move coming in one way or the other, and I want to be a part of that. So you start to sort of like when we, when we grind around in like a hundred dollar range on BTC, it starts to become more of like a coin toss situation. And that's when you start bordering on gambling in terms of picking a direction and hoping it breaks that way. Um, so we kind of see it in three areas. And I think what you touched on um, when you incredibly rudely jumped in <laughs> um, was, was like a really good point. And it's, and it's the first step that, that I previously looked at and, and what I always pass on, right? And is that there is, there is money to be made, of course, when an asset moves to that degree of price. But what you need to do is position yourself to either be in the correct position prior to that move happening, or you spend the time assessing what the upside or downside potential of that move is and positioning yourself accordingly after the move has played out. So like on, on Bitcoin right now, for example, in this strong downtrend, we tend to see any large moves up quite heavily sold into. So instead of looking to join these moves, these impulsive moves upwards, we can instead look at how we position ourselves to take advantage of the short side. Um, so it's really about repositioning your mindset to think if we have a large move in one direction, that changes the landscape. That's what it should be the signal for. It changes the landscape of the chart and will therefore give you a new set of data basically to work from in terms of plotting positions. So the, you mentioned the three there, which was the large moves, the strong up or down trend, and then the sideways range. I feel like the first two, especially uh, beginners or quote unquote newbies fall into this a lot. Uh, because, yeah. you know, they're not very experienced in the market. They're like, oh, I got to get in on this trend or I got to make a move right after it happens. And then that last one is kind of more of the person who has been trading for a while. They see this kind of sideways movement and they're like, something's got to happen. They're so accustomed to something big happening yeah. after these sideways movements that they want to get in. Like you were saying, it kind of becomes more of gambling. Uh, so how how do let's let's stick with the first two. How do people overcome this uh, and what can they do to kind of stop themselves from – because, for example, Matic, that was big news. I think everyone knows about it. Huge uptrend. It just kept going up and then eventually it fell off a cliff. Obviously, there was some outside news that caused that. But how do people stop themselves from getting in on it? Because we've seen coins run you know, 2x, 5x, 10x, 100x. Not recently, but in the past. So how, how do you break that mindset? So I think that, first of all, I think the both are, both are easy to break. Um, they require discipline. 
so they require a huge amount of discipline in order to break them. Number one is the impulsive moves. It is simply a case of taking your hands off the keyboard and mouse, right? Taking them off your phone, wherever you, wherever you feel the need to move in on a trade, right? It's simply about understanding that when you see these large moves, it's not time to buy or sell. It's It's a case of, like I said before, it's using these moments instead as opportunities to seek out where price is going next and plan accordingly. So the first one is simply a case of having the discipline to take your hands off and not touch anything. And that's easier said than done, right? It's easy just to say, yeah, yeah, just take your hands off. But actually, once you, when you see it happening, that feeling is something you can't really describe, especially to a newer trader. Yeah, but I, I, um, I, I do think that's even easier to do than the second one where it's kind of grinding up for days, yeah. weeks on end. Because with a big move, I can walk away from my computer or I can start planning yeah. a trade. With the ones that are week-long uptrends and you're seeing it every single day on Twitter and on the charts, that one's a lot harder in my opinion. So what, what do you do there? So I think there's... That's also, it's number one is markets always pull back, okay? And I, I'll tell you about my recent experience with Matic, okay? Because I, I was watching that for a long time and I, I had a slightly different mindset, okay? I wanted a short Matic. I didn't want to long it. But the only reason I didn't want to long it is because I couldn't find myself a nice enough entry, okay? So a little bit like like what we're discussing here. I've, I've kind of got an option. Do I, do I try and... FOMO into this, right? Or do I wait for a sensible pullback? So my first plan was waiting for a pullback because typically markets will always give a pullback. No matter how strong the trend is, there will be an opportunity to join it. What you have to do is when these markets are trending strongly upwards or downwards, you have to look for the opportunities to move in. They're going to present themselves very quickly. So everybody thinks about these kind of like noob indicators. Um, but when when I'm looking at strong uptrends or downtrends, I will simply pair it with something like an RSI because the RSI will give me an indication of where we are in terms of how extended a trend is. And as soon as we start to see some of the tailing off on those indicators and the cooling off periods of them, then that's when we start to see opportunities to join in. And if you're looking on higher timeframes, things like daily support and resistance levels are going to be kind of like your best friend for this. So when you see these strong uptrends, they typically always start with a retest of a breakout point from a support and resistance perspective. So we saw it recently on, on BAT. Um, and we saw it on Matic. When Matic first went originally, it had a really nice daily support and resistance flip. Um, so there are there are opportunities, but then you will end up with a situation like Matic where it just runs like an absolute monster. <laughs> yeah. And you just can't, you just like, I physically could not find myself a good entry point. So it's about having the discipline in order to basically sit on that and wait. There we go. Um, you know, and I knew I had to wait on Matic and... You know, I I entered short on Matic. Um, hey, you're a psychopath for that one. <laughs> yeah, like, but I mean, like, yeah, I was like, I, I was, I, I I said in the comments, right on on the tweet I did about it, right? I I I was playing that as basically a five minute scalp. Um, so I played a five minute scalp. I played an opportunity that I saw to short it, 
um, and obviously pretty much sure to the exact yeah. top, like eighty percent down. But yeah. um, like the the point with Matic was, regardless of the strength of that sell off and the news that accompanied it, okay, that was the pullback point. The like how extended it was, um, and the signals that some of the indicators were giving at that point to me, that was the point that I was looking for a pullback. So, as I said, I was scalp short, but I was very much looking to position myself into a long, um, until shit hit the fan. Yeah, shit really hit the fan. But I think that the biggest takeaway from there is that you know, you really do need to have this discipline, which goes back into you know, point one and two. I cannot stress this enough. You know, you really need to be a master of your own mind to be a successful trader. And then one thing that I do want to add to this is that there's money to be made elsewhere. Uh, you you don't need to FOMO into Matic because it's the one that's doing a 2x in two weeks. You know, there's 2,000 other cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin will always be there. There's other money to be made. And I think having that in the back of your mind really helps or at least it helps me where it's like okay this is run everyone's in on that trade i don't care i can find money elsewhere Uh, and i I was i was literally going to interrupt you like to say that because i was like basically this this market is huge yeah right just just hop over to another bottomed out alt and start looking (laughs) for us right like it's like this this market is so huge that if you miss something on one asset then there are a thousand other that you can go and chart and look at and wait for that next opportunity. Exactly. Um, and I think importantly in in that same vein, Charles, is like take what you may have seen as the buildup to something like Matic, right? Like study it. How did it break out? What were the early signs? And then take that and learn from it and apply it to the other charts. So again, just use every opportunity as like education. Uh, so that's first three. Can we now move on? Because I remember, I don't know if it was on the call or before the call, we had a little chit chat and you said the last two were for the more experienced traders or something that you still see experienced traders struggling with. And the first yeah. three were more geared towards the newer folks. Uh, so yeah. so what are these fourth and fifth ones? Well, I think that it's kind of like, it's kind of more of, um, this is really around specialization and rules. Okay, so it's it's kind of twofold. It's first of all, it's finding your niche in the market. Okay, so what what is the approach that you want to take? What is the approach you have success with? So if you have a particular trading style, okay, you may trade uh, the Europe Open, and that may be incredibly successful for the first hour of your day. Okay, and you do that every single day right? That's your specialization. So what is it that you have that is a um, a specialization that you want to focus on? So that's the first thing is making sure that you have the ability to focus on one aspect of your trading um, that you see as number one, profitable. And then the second one is rules. So one of the major breakthroughs for me, and, and especially when I started time was having a very strict rule set. So I um, I do quite a bit of like one-to-one coaching. And this is one of the first things that we always set up is we basically have a rule, a rule set. So we'll open up like a fresh document and we will start piecing together what the rules for entry to a trade are. So for example, we'll be looking for 
has price recently tested a support and resistance level? What are the indicators that you use that may support that decision-making process? Um, what's the overall trend like? Um, so there's a number of factors that will play into a rule set. So what I, what I urge everybody to do is if you are looking to improve as a trader, note down some rules that you have when entering a position. If you don't have any, look at creating some and start to work within that rule set. So if you are looking at price, let's say you're looking at Matic, right? And it's in this crazy long, it's in this crazy uptrend. And your rule set says that you only buy when there is a bearish RSI divergence on the four hour chart and price is sitting on support, right? That they may be your rules. And if price and the chart doesn't reflect your rules, you don't enter a trade. And it's as simple as that. I love it. So having, <laughs> having a fixed rule set that you have noted down, like on a post-it note, on a Word document, and every time you're about to enter a trade or looking at a chart, you have to physically tick off that list to determine what sort of setup you have. That is one of the like biggest breakthroughs that I had. Right? I had my specialization in terms of Renko and how I approached that. And then I had my systematic rule-based approach, which was basically if the trade doesn't meet conditions A, B, and C, I don't take the trade. No matter what I think, whatever goes on in my head, like uh, whatever I'm thinking about how good this could be, um, like how nice it looks on a chart, like if it doesn't tick A, B, and C, I don't enter. Yeah, so I, I think this one's the most important one because – everyone on everyone on twitter that i see other than you know the greats the like people that everybody knows about they're over trading they're they're looking for entries where there aren't uh they're looking for exits when there aren't ones they're struggling to find entries and exits uh and so they hop into a trade that you know there's no real reason for it they may think that there's a trade there uh but there's not so if you define your rules before starting uh, and you're only looking for, like you were saying, this, this, and that, these certain parameters, uh, it'll cut out a lot of the noise and a lot of the headache, and it won't get you kind of trying to jump into a trade whenever possible. And I think a lot of people don't do this because they're like, okay, well, I won't make any money this way. I'm missing out on so much money. This market's yeah. go, go, go. Uh, yeah. But you know, you, you define a couple terms, like we were saying, there's thousands of cryptocurrencies out there yeah. bitcoin is always forming new patterns volume is changing etc cetera, etc cetera. uh so these conditions will be met i i'm sure you take you can t you could find a trade every single day right yeah like and it's and and also you like you mentioned a really good point which like makes me want to add on to this which is you know you mentioned there that that people think you know i'm missing out on trades i won't be able to I won't be able to sort of make money from this. Like one of the most overlooked aspects when it comes to to trading, and we can just throw this in as like some random sixth point, is like preservation of your own capital, right? Not enough people consider what the preservation of your own capital is, especially when you're trading an asset like BTC, right? You're, you're trading an asset that potentially has the uh, the opportunity to grow in value over time. And the ability to protect that rather than just piss it away on shit trades, right, is is a huge thing. So by having a rule set, you also manage your capital better. So you may think that you are missing out on more trades, right? But in reality, what you are probably doing is preserving and protecting your capital in order to have that grow more steadily over time.
Right. I'm going to talk shit on my audience for a second. Most of you guys are terrible traders. And if you overtrade, you're going to lose your Bitcoin. And I think that we all, or most of us at least, believe that Bitcoin will, you know, grow and appreciate in the future. So as you trade your Bitcoin away, you're really fucking yourself over in the longer term. Uh, so six point, I love it. Those five right there, I, I think it's Anyone who's listening to this who has traded before or has continued to trade has struggled with these. And I think you've kind of given us a very general way to kind of fix them. I think there's a lot more to it. And this kind of one-on-one -on -one coaching in your group uh, is, is what a lot of people really do need. Uh, so I do want to stress this, guys. You know, if you've listened to this episode and you've struggled with any of these and you need help with them... <clears throat> CBS, he, he's got an education background. He is a phenomenal trader. Again, if you didn't take my advice and listen to the previous episode, the reason I first had him on was he hit like a 20x in a weekend or something like that, trading in one of these crazy competitions. Um, so he that was a degenerate episode and we talked about it in that episode, but he is a fantastic trader with an education background. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to leave his group once you get in and you know figure out how to become a profitable trader. It's this is one of the only groups out there that is doing that. And I'm I may be a little bit preachy and chilly here, but I seriously you guys should consider ta at least talking to him and figuring out if this group is for you. Um, so again, you got these six right. Um, and I was gonna ask you know what's what which one do you think is the most important? But you said. You've kind of listed them one through five and uh, ranks ranks of importance. So instead, can you talk to us about which one of these you've struggled with the most? Um, I think I think for me personally, it was it was sticking to trades. I think that that that's the been the biggest challenge is the the ability to to actually watch a trade go from a profitable position back to a break-even position is is a very difficult thing as a newer trader to get your head around um and i i probably had a, a big breakthrough with that about two and a half three years ago in terms of like my mindset completely swapping on that um I, I think I spoke last time about like personality when it comes to trading. So my personality is very much like I want to see returns quickly. Um, I I'm a scalper yeah, you trade like uh, inherently. That's what I am. Chart, huh? Yeah. So like yeah, like I there's <laughs> there's something in my mindset. Yeah, which is like I I want it if I put if I put a trade on, I want to see it resolve quickly. That's my personality. I it's it's just the way that I'm tuned is that I have always struggled typically with longer term swing positions because they just don't fit my personality. So it was something that I had to had to sort of like overcome when I was taking these swing positions is the fact that I was used to scalp trade just going up, hitting target or stopping me out very quickly. Right. So then I had to deal with this like time curve where I was watching my position over the course of like two days and I was in the green. And then on the third day, I was back at break even. And I just think, oh, fuck this, right? I just closed the trade. Um, because, you know, to me, that that just that just wasn't ticking the box. But then actually, once I started to sort of like develop that mindset a little bit more and to to think about what I was doing in sort of the actual moment, 
it's pretty ridiculous, really, because I would sit there and I would plan out these trades. And sometimes these trades would take like a week to hit the level that I wanted to enter. Right. And then like what I would find myself doing is I would take the trade based on the four hour time frame. I would then dive down to the hourly after I'd taken the entry to start monitoring price more closely. And then when price started to get a bit closer and a sort of make me a bit more uncomfortable, then I'd dive down to the five minute time frame and I'd start watching price on the five minute time frame. And then I'm like, I'm in real deep at this point, right? Like mentally, I can't dissociate now from this longer term time frame trade that I've been planning out for a week, right? I'm now in the five minute time frame, <laughs> staring at like huge red candles. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I've lost all context to my position. So like some of those things, like not diving down the time frames, understanding that I've spent time and effort planning out this trade for a reason. So why am I closing it based on sort of my thoughts and feelings around a five minute time frame? Um, so it's it's kind of having this never forgetting the bigger picture and never putting to waste the time that you spend analyzing and assessing a setup. Um, and I find that, like, as I said, I basically wasted a week's worth of like analysis and waiting and updating of the chart and monitoring of the price movements literally just to piss it away because i saw one big red candle on a five minute chart near my entry right it's like it's it was completely backwards to me yeah um so i think yeah just like stepping back and and appreciating that you are putting time into this right so don't throw that away by just getting out of your trade and so yeah for me it was it was definitely having my plan and, and sticking to it was a real bitch to get over yeah this is uh, and especially for people who trade the um you know higher time frames yeah i think this is where they can run into trouble is they like you were saying kind of get down to the five minute chart at some point don't know how yeah. it happened uh yeah. and they're like they're like okay yeah. the sky's falling let me get the fuck out of this trade yeah uh, but in reality what you need to do after is think about that time like you were saying you took a week and then got into the trade. You put all yep. of this time and an effort into it. So take a step back after you make the trade. Set the parameters that you want. Figure out your stops. Figure out your take profits. And then take a step back, man. Like it, it, So many people get so caught up in it because this market is 24-7 that they think yep. they always need to be doing something. And something's going on at all points in their life. Uh, and they're glued to their screens. But in reality, yeah. if you're trading the four-hour chart, you can check on that, you know, twice a day three times a day while you're yeah. awake um so yeah. i appreciate that i think another huge thing is like in these downtrends people tend to do this a lot because they think okay i entered along in a downtrend it'll eventually revert back to that which is the case if it's following the trend uh and so if they don't get to their take profit and they see it start to turn around they'll want to close early uh, but yeah. you've kind of given some tools on how to avoid that so i appreciate that yeah, and that's a really good point as well, Charles, because I didn't really touch. So, like, I didn't really touch on like the the whole like take profit element to that. Um, but that's that's also incredibly important. That I kind of like kept the focus around like the stops because typically that's where we see the most difficulty is. Of course, is the management around that original entry point and that change in mindset from profitable to break even. Um, but yeah, you bring up a really good point when you mentioned take profits okay because again that's in exactly the same way as a stop loss is set as your invalidation point for the trade then your take profit is also set for a particular reason so again unless the market changes dramatically your plan is still your plan 
So it just runs until it hits your profit point. Exactly. And you kind of just need to take that step back, like we were both saying. Uh, so, okay, wow, you've given us a lot. You've given us, you know, kind of some of the things that you struggle with, that the general population struggles with. You've seen it in your group. Um, one last thing I always like to ask my guests. Uh, it's two two part, actually. I'm going to lump these two together uh, just because uh, my audience may be getting a little bit bored. Uh, it's about an hour in. Um, and I've talked to some people, sorry, so I don't want to say that you're boring and I don't want you to take this the wrong way. It's too late, man. That's it. I've, I've already taken it as you said it though. Oh, fuck. Okay. I apologize. Um, but no, 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 I, I try to keep them at around an hour. So I'm going to lump these last two together and that's what are you most excited for? Uh, you know, last time it was getting this group rolled out. So I want to know what your big plans are with this group. What's in your pipeline and then any resources or books. I've been trying to do this as well because I think, you know, you've probably read, you know, a good amount of trading books. You have your resources that you've learned from. So can you give us some resources and books that I can throw in the description for my audience? Yeah, of course. Um, so I will, I will start off with, um, I'll start off with books. Um, so uh, you, you have probably had this mentioned to you before, but trading in the zone is, is a really, really good read. You know, it's, it's funny. Um, I've I've never had anyone mention that book on the podcast. Okay. Okay. Cool. So um, I, I appreciate case, this. You're bringing something fresh. Yeah. So in that case, in that case, trading in the zone, um, very very good book about trading psychology. Um, it's uh, like honest review. It's it goes a little bit deeper than you need into things like childhood. Um, okay. But it is a very very good read from the perspective of psychology of being a trader there we go which is you know what we um, talked about so that's, a, that's a fantastic read i would i would heavily recommend that and the second one is market wizards um which is a book of uh interviews conducted with with top traders basically from wall street um, and just gives a really nice insight into the mindset of some of these guys that were were trading with some serious size on wall street there we go i'll have a link to both of those in the description uh, but who cares about the books? I want to know what you've got in your pipeline. What are you excited for? Yeah, so we're um, the groups. The groups obviously still rolling. Um, the plan is very much continue the focus on the group. So uh, I'm basically I'm streaming to the group like five nights a week. We're wow. doing live streams, um, and I've got a a range of educational videos that I produce on there. So there's kind of like I kind of do it on a basis of taking requests from the group. So if there's something that the group particularly want to see covered, like if I've covered something in a live stream and the group want more information, then I'll record a, a full YouTube video on it. Um, so it's basically keeping up the emphasis to drive out the content to the site and stay on top of that. Um, I'm certainly not one of those guys that like just posts a signal and then and then pisses off for a week. Um, like I'm there day in, day out, uh, chatting, you know, answering questions, live streaming, just just generally getting involved. Um, so basically just keep up my efforts there. And then the other thing is is um I've got a um and this was this was agreed like yesterday, so I think I'll be I'll be good to say it now. Um there's a, a range of videos that I'm working on TX. Nice. So we are producing a range of educational videos that are going to cover off some of the uh, contracts available for trade on FTX, uh, some of the ways that FTX functions, 
Um, so it's going to be a, a sort of a suite of educational videos produced in partnership with FTX to uh, to support some of those guys. Huge congratulations, man. Uh, first, you're an animal. You know, being in there, being in that group, streaming five times a week is already more than most people would ever care to do in a paid group. Uh, so there's that. On top of that, you're adding educational videos to the mix on stuff that your members want to see more of. Uh, so again, it's just really how much you are putting into this, how much you care about the members of this group and how much you want them to succeed. Uh, so I'm going to continue to try to push people who are struggling to talk to you, to get into this group. And then huge congratulations on this. I'm going to just say it's an FTX partnership of sorts. Uh, you're killing it, man. Like that That's unreal. I'm really looking forward to these videos that you're putting out, you're going to be putting out. Um, I, I'm blown away by the progress that you have made in the last two months. I think it's been since we talked last. Uh, before we go, is there anything else that you want my audience to know? Uh, no, I, I think that the only thing that I'd like to um, if Charles thinks that I'm boring, um, I can promise you oh. hand on heart that I'm not. Oh. <laughs> man, I, I, I didn't want to do it to you. Uh, to be <laughs> honest with you, right now I've got I've got King sitting in my DMs trying to get me to, you know, cancel this or not cancel, but we had, you know, something scheduled at seven. Uh, but I'm an asshole for that. I didn't mean it in that way <laughs> at all. Now you're all good, man. I, uh, I won't, I won't. Grandma. No, you know, you know what? The, because of the thing earlier, it's all good. Man. Okay. Please, please don't take it the wrong way. I, <laughs> I, I, this has been one of the more engaging episodes. Uh, it's hard with some of the traders who are just talking, you know, miles out of my league. Uh, but I did a little bit more research. We talked beforehand and I was able to have a full conversation with you. So this was, I think, one of the more stimulating conversations that I've had on this podcast. So I do not want you to think it was boring. Uh, to anyone in my audience who thinks this was a boring episode, go fuck yourself. I don't want you as a listener anymore. Um, and thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. I cannot wait to get this out to the people. Pleasure. Thank you, man. All right. That wraps up another episode. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I just want to take a quick second to remind you to leave us a review and subscribe to the show. We would greatly appreciate it if you did. And we look forward to seeing you next episode.